Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Porter, doctor of physical therapy, medical analyst at fantasypoints.com. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks, Sal, once again for coming on because this is the second time we're recording this. And if he wouldn't have chosen to come on again, then we would have just had the lost recording forever. And so I really appreciate you coming on, man. But I'm seeing here, by the way, at Sal Paltu on Twitter. I'm seeing here you you logged in as Zencaster as Swayze. Can you explain that a bit? Well, I feel this is going to give us uh, better luck that the recording is <laughs> going to stick around than last time. But, you know, on the one hand, I was debating if I should say yes to your re-recording request because we could have just played this up as the greatest podcast of all time just lost to the internet somewhere. Yes, absolutely. We could have. and but But we didn't. Um, it was the last podcast you decided to come back on, as you mentioned. So I'm I'm th- I'm sitting here looking at your name, right? And I asked you, what is this Swayze? And then I realized Patrick Swayze, which leads back to the original question that I asked you on the Lost Podcast Forever about Roadhouse. Can you break down the plot of Roadhouse? Because to be honest with you, I've forgotten about it since we talked about it, and I haven't watched it since we talked about it the first time either. You still haven't watched it. I, I you lost the crazy pod- busy. You lost the podcast recording. I did not lose it. <laughs> and you asked me to come back. I graciously said yes without a, a moment's hesitation, I might you add. Yeah. And yeah. you still haven't watched Roadhouse. Guilty. Guilty. I will though. I mean, where can I get is it even streamable? Like is it on is it on tape record? Like what are they is it in one of those slow action films? Like where can I get it? Is it at a blockbuster? Where can I find it? Well, I don't know. I live in Canada, so everything is different. It's on Netflix Canada. Is it I can really? Tell you that is that one. what it's called? <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what it's called. That's when you go to uh, your URL search bar, you have to enter netflixcanada.ca.com slash not America. Wow. How un-American of you. That's so, that's so crappy of you. I, I mean, mean well, go ahead, comes go ahead. Worse, you can just rent it on iTunes. I mean, I want to go to the only blockbuster left in, like, what is it, Alaska, I think? And I want to rent it there, because I'm sure I can get it on VHS. I'll, I'll make this deal with you. If you <laughs> promise to watch Roadhouse, and you have to pay for the rental fee, I will send you the <laughs> PayPal amount, what you paid for, in American funds. I won't even skimp out and send the Canadian amount version. What are the What's Canadian currency called? Uh, it's called uh, bags of dough. Bags, bags of maple syrup. <laughs> do you do you exchange things for maple syrup? Yes, or uh, no? sometimes I do. Yeah, usually I go to my uh, local <laughs> convenience store and I run out of peanut butter. So I'd be like, "Hey, I got a sack full of maple syrup. Can I get some of that butter of peanuts?" Okay, okay. Let's let's do it. Okay, let's jump. I said I wanted to add a little spice, so let's do a segment called "What do they do in Canada?" I'm very original. Okay, so. Here in the United States, we have uh, what's called warmth. So in Canada, what do you do to replace warmth? And I believe you are muted. So here in the United States, we have what's called uh, seasons, mm-hmm. where it gets warm, and then you might not be, you might be familiar with it. It gets warm, and then it oftentimes will get cold. We have the season called winter that you're the most familiar with. It gets the coldest. Can you walk us through the seasons if there are such seasons in, in Canada? Yeah, it just goes from cold to colder to rainy as fuck and then coldest. And you just curse. And we had this conversation on Twitter. Are Canadians legally allowed to curse? 
No, that's again, that's why I mentioned on Twitter, I'm in the process of being removed from this country for my fondness of swearing. Ah, okay. Um, lastly, the last, what do Canadians do? Uh, when it comes to, um, when it comes to, let's see here, schooling of your children, how much time is spent on the history of uh, maple trees, syrup, the Canadian flag, maple leaves, the Canadian hockey teams? How much emphasis is put there? Well, what we have in some parts of Canada is kindergarten, which is then split into two branches of kindergarten, junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten. <laughs> so okay. junior kindergarten is solely dedicated to taste testing maple syrup to make sure they get the 100% <laughs> pure maple syrup. And you can only graduate once you've reached a level of being able to taste test maple syrup without even knowing that you're taste testing maple syrup. Can you, is there a correlation between senior kindergarten and diabetes? A 1,000%. A a 0.99 correlation. Okay, we can put it that way. So moving on to things that are non-Canadian. You talked about your story, which when we recorded the Lost podcast, when we recorded that Lost podcast, you talked about what you did to get into the fantasy industry. And I think it was one of the most unique stories that I've heard. So I'm going to let you start from day zero. Tell me how you got to where you're at at four four for four. Tell me what your path was and any advice you have for content creators. Because I really did think it was like one of the most unique stories I've heard. I I honestly completely forgot that we talked about that i have to well i forgot about roadhouse so i'm not offended (laughs) to remember my journey all right let's see so how did i get to four for four um at the time i was looking for a new job i had recently become unemployed the uh website i worked for was no longer in business so i needed some cash to stay afloat i had accumulated a number of different skills in the fantasy industry at that point So I started out as a writer, but eventually I took on editing, uh, graphic design, website building, social media, ebook publishing, basically everything it took to build a website, I learned how to do. So I started uh, direct messaging people in the industry who I had some sort of a relationship with at some point in the past, just asking them if they needed editors, not writers, because there's just so many writers in the industry that are way better at this than I am or that I ever was. So I wanted to highlight the skills that I could uh, you know, offer websites because I'm not sure how many people out there try to break into the industry as an editor. So I figured I would take a different path. And one of the people I messaged was Josh Moore, who owns 4 for 4. And I just said, hey, are you guys um, looking for any editors like right now on a freelance basis? And he said, not at the moment, but um, you know, maybe at some point in the past, you can reach out again. And I kept biding my time, just waiting. And then eventually, he reached out to me, um, saying that uh, we are looking for an editor. Are you still interested? And Josh and I had some sort of relationship because we met at one of those uh, FSWA conferences a few years back. So we had actually met in person. Um, you know, got along well enough that. No, I I felt comfortable enough to reach out to him in the first place. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm still looking for work. They uh, sent over a bunch of questions for me, just asking me, like, I know, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, here's, like, 
a title of an article, how would you reword it, et cetera. Just basically just seeing what my skill level was at. And one of the questions was, can you um, edit or publish eBooks? And so rather than just emailing them back saying, yes, 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 I can do all these things. I took their answer, took their answers and made an ebook out of the questions with my answers in the ebook. So rather than telling them that I can make an ebook, I showed them that I can make an ebook. That way I feel like they'll leave more of an impression on them because I like <laughs> really wanted this job at that time. So each page was like answering their question. This is how I would create an ebook at fourfor4.com using this layout and this page and this color scheme. And like every page was like an answer to the question. Basically, yes. Yeah. So I made it in the style of like a draft kit. Like, you know, when you see fantasy football websites out there selling their draft guides every year, I, so I made this uh, QA draft kit type of thing. I, I gave like a really stupid title. It was like um, Answers for Luis Draft Kit. Uh, Luis is one of the people I work with every day at 444, and he was the person who's going to be like going over my resume. So I just um, put it that way. Basically, I gave it like a title, table of contents. Every question was its own uh, chapter. Every answer made up the bulk of the chapter. And I sent this over to them. And I guess it impressed them enough because they eventually did give me the job then. So what I love is that you took the ultimate show me, don't tell me approach. And that's oftentimes when people ask me, not that I have any monicum of success necessarily, but I do feel like I've been through the around the block a few times, we'll say. What would you say in, in Canada? I've been around the courtyard. I've been around the, the. Um, I have to sneak as many Canadian jokes in as I can. <laughs> tell. I'm sorry. Uh, around the cul-de-sac enough to know that to stand out, you have to literally stand out in every single aspect these days because in 2021, people are, everybody wants to be a freaking fantasy writer. I had a conversation with my rabbit the other day. My rabbit wants to get in the, in the content game and I'm like, man, rabbit. His name's her Sir Hops a lot, by the way. I'm like, man, rabbit, you're going to have to stand out somehow, some way. I feel like a fantasy football rabbit uh, speaking fantasy football would be would stand out enough. So I guess that's probably the direction he's headed. But I said, rabbit, you got to stand out. And exactly what you did was stand out. And you gave them an idea or you get you showed them what you can do. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to hop on this guy. What I've often said to people who have asked me is lead with value when you're asking if you're like in a cold email lead with value if you see for example i don't know an evan silva and you see evan silva tweet about for me like for me for example let's say he said in 2018 aaron jones can be a top 10 running back but he's had injury issues and i don't know about the injury issues and you catch wind of that well, guess what my expertise is injuries so I go in, I dig some, dig some injury history up out of Aaron Jones. I write up this long, you know, fact-based, evidence-based article. You somehow get your grubby little paws on Evan Silva's email or his direct message. And you send it to him and you're like, hey, I'm looking to break into the industry. This is what I wrote about Aaron Jones. I saw you were interested. I hope we can keep in touch. And so you reminded me a lot of that idea, that concept of what I've told people to do in the past. And it's super clever and unique because you did it at a time where I mean, when was this? I guess this wasn't that long ago. This was, uh, I think, around like 2017. 
Yeah. So even then, right, I think I, heard, I saw somebody tweet the other day that 2017 is when things really started to get cutthroat on fantasy Twitter and like fantasy football in general. So I feel like you did it at a time where that wasn't common. So kudos to you. What did they say in Canada? Maybe not kudos. Or is kudos a Canadian phrase? I think it was invented by the first prime minister of Canada, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> okay, we'll, take, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> so anyway, then moving forward, right? Moving forward. What is your current role as director of Fun Stuff? That's a really serious role. It's something that I would personally take very seriously. It's one of the highest offices in Canada uh, and in the United States. So what is your current role at 444 as director of Fun Stuff? So um, first I need to correct you on that. I'm not the director of Fun Stuff. I'm the head of Fun Stuff. I can't be named apologies, director apologies. of anything at 444 because those are reserved only for full-time employees. So I don't want to get in trouble with my bosses. Sure, 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 sure. Right. I don't, I don't want to get fired before I even get started with my new role. But for the most part, I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, um, editing articles, publishing articles, um, working with writers on how to like format and style the articles, especially like when new writers come into the fold. I also um, basically run their Twitter account. And I also, at the moment, am hosting a short form video podcast show through their Twitter feed called The 4-Minute Drill, which started out as an idea of just asking fantasy guests four questions in four minutes, but I realized very quickly, the first episode, in fact, that that was an impossible task because it takes me at least three and a half minutes just to get through the intro and welcoming people to the show. So (laughs) one of my uh, mainstay guests, uh, George Criticos, at Rotohack on Twitter, who's on the show every Monday night with me. Um, he's he's kindly dubbed it the four plus four minute drill. Ah, perfect. The 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 rare eight minute drill. Exactly. Well, if you if anybody out there is a Kansas State football fan during the Bill Snyder years, which is me, Dar- um, Darren Sproles, right? Darren. Oh, dude, that was before my time. Man, Sal, I'm not that old. Jeez, I was really young when Darren Sproles was at K State. I'm uh, Colin Klein, Tyler Lockett. Um, all those dudes that that's me. Uh, that was 2000, the year that they played Oregon in the festival was my first, was my freshman year at college. And I went to that game and it was a deflating game. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched. That was the year they lost to Baylor and Baylor won like two games that year. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Kansas state fan, but the, the joke, the running joke during the Bill Snyder years, like those entire, that entire run is that. Kansas State will run drives that are long enough to they'll run a drive that's so long you run out of food and water and eventually the defending team just raises the white flag because they're hungry like that's the that's the running joke because his the the Kansas State drives are so long they'll hit you for three yards four yards then they get a first down they'll hit you for 10 yards down the field then they run for two yards and one yard to get another first down so it's it's just really funny that's what you're reminding me but this is enough enough about the Kansas State so what you're saying is I'm the Bill Snyder version of Twitter video podcast hosts what I'm saying is that you are highly efficient you turned one of the worst programs ever around uh, made them a perennial, a slightly above average team for a very long time, and you're highly respected in coaching circles. But now, but that makes the premise that four for four at one time was bad. Right, I never and it had wasn't. to turn anything right. around. And it wasn't. That's four. right. That's right. So you just, you just it's, keep getting me in trouble with my bosses here. Edwin. Can we make? <laughs> can we make this the second lost recording? Like the sequel to the lost. The okay, boys. okay, not the perfect analogy, maybe, but <laughs> but you are you are widely regarded and respected among coaching circles, right? I mean, that's that's the truth. I mean, yeah, those are your words, not mine. 
<laughs> so tell me a little bit more, man. What do you, what advice do you have? I mean, 2017 to 2021, it's not that long of a time, but what do you have for advice for people who want to break into the space now? Like, what do you think? I gave my little generic advice. What do you think for people who want to break in? Oh, it's funny. You, you say four years is not a long time, but in this industry, it feels like decades. Like, right, right. I true. broke in back in 2013, so I'm going on year eight now. Who was the RB1 in 2013? Do you remember? Was it um, some guy I can't remember? <laughs> yeah, my, my I can, I can do the, the, the cheat code and look up on Fantasy Data who it is. 2013. No, no, no. Don't look. I want you to guess. Don't look. I'll look. Right, so 2013. Mm. Are you looking? Are you currently no, I, looking? I, honestly, I'm not looking. I'm, okay, trying to, okay. I'm trying to think back to 2013. You really are proving the point that it seems like a decade ago. I know. I have a name in mind. I have names. But I wasn't even in the industry at that point. Older than 2013. Oh, here. Okay, no. Can I just name a running back from 2013? Name a running back from 2013. Zach Stacy. What an odd name you decided. <laughs> okay, the the running back, the running back, one on a points per game basis was. Well, if we actually, if they played more than you know, one game, was. I can't even find it on fantasy then. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Fantasy points per game. Three games, Marshawn Lynch. Um, oh, this is postseason. That's probably part of my problem. No wonder it was only three. Okay. So Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles was was led led the league in games, uh, per points per game and total points. He had 308 points that year. Well, that's because he was playing with Alex Smith. Ah, that's what it is. That's what it might be. Sorry, we got off on a tangent. Tell, tell me your advice. <laughs> For fantasy content creators who want to break in sure before i go go that route i don't want to lose this thought that I had in my head and ways to make yourself stick out and get noticed just based on your example um, i had this like really dumb idea because you have this medical background and you specifically referenced a medical fantasy football question what if instead of like sending an article to evan silva in this fake scenario like you wrote out your article in the form of like a doctor's prescription and then you put it into like one of those like custom made emergency medical kits that's like band-aids and gauze and polysporin but all like themed to whoever that player was so if it's like aaron jones like green bay packers colors and then you send off this like (laughs) fancy football actual draft kit (laughs) as your writing sample i have never met evan silva i've never talked to the guy I can imagine that might be maybe too much, maybe trying a little too hard. I, you would definitely stand out. But um, I also don't have the artistic background um, or creative brain to make something like that. So I would have to I'd have to rely on you. So I'd pay you to send the draft kit in this theoretical scenario to Evan Silva. I, I'm down. I've met Evan Silva once in my lifetime and he bought me a ginger ale. So I, I like to think we're on a we have a good relationship. You're basically brothers. <laughs> You're basically brothers at this point. So yeah, how to make it in the space? That was your question, right? Advice uh, for yeah, content creators. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think the most important part is to just be you, be original. Don't try to copy other people. Like uh, I'm going to try and remember some of the stuff I said on our last podcast, but uh no, we already have a Denny Carter. We already have a Rich Rebar. We already have a um, Evan Silva, a John Paulson. 
as much as we want more of them, we don't really need them. They all have their own unique voice. So I think you need to go out and try and find something that's unique to you in the space or cover a niche that might be lacking a voice. Um, now, for instance, you have the injury analysis angle. When I first broke in, I was covering two quarterback leagues. Um, at the time, no one was really doing it on a consistent, regular basis. Was I like, you know, a great fantasy football analysis? No, I'm still not. Uh, anybody can tell you why a certain quarterback uh, isn't good for your fantasy league or why you shouldn't draft them at their ADP. But uh, no one was really applying that analysis specifically to two quarterback leagues. So that was my way of trying to build a unique voice, a uh, unique brand in this industry. You know, we all want to be noticed, but um, you, know, you, for like, for example, you wouldn't have this podcast if you didn't want people to listen to it. I wouldn't have tried to become a writer if I didn't want people to read my work, but it is extremely difficult to grab people's attentions, uh, whether it's page clicks or podcast downloads. The market is so saturated with content these days that if you want someone to notice you, you have to make them notice you. It's not good enough to be like, hey, I wrote this article, please read it. You know, you have to make sure the work is quality and through your like hard work is a hard work ethic. Like you always need to make sure you're putting the time and effort into improving. So I think those are two like the biggest things when it comes to content creators, trying to find a voice or build a voice or build their own brand. I also think you need to be willing to put yourself out there. I think a lot of people get hung up on being afraid of offering what might be considered a bad take. I personally don't think it should matter if you have a bad take because we all have bad takes. Whether you have a 100% success rate, a 90% success rate when it comes to your takes, you're going to have a, a bad one come down the line eventually. And more often than not, you're going to have a lot of a lot of bad takes. So I think you shouldn't really care about that. Just go out there and shoot your shot. If you miss, shoot again. If you're too busy preoccupying yourself with being wrong, you're taking away time from improving. And only people willing to improve and adapt are going to stick around in this industry long term. So what you're saying is you've had bad takes in the past. Uh, everything I've said on this podcast to prove that <laughs> can you do you remember one of i can tell you my worst take what what was your worst take uh, is if it, you can remember like fan, fantasy football related mm -hmm. i've had too mm -hmm. many to to count to name on is there one that stands out to you um let's see i'm trying to think back i see the, here's the thing about bad takes is you just forget about them you just roll them off your shoulder you don't need to dwell on them Ooh, uh, look at you. Politician. I'm, I'm sure if I tried really hard, I could come up with at least like 10 or 15 examples of bad takes. So don't be who's, afraid. Who's someone good that people would assume would be good in the fantasy industry that, like last year, who's a good, like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be a, a top 15 fantasy quarterback. I probably said that last year at some point. Okay, that okay. That's not a good example of a bad take. But it's still a bad take, though. In What's the that? End, in the end, it was proven to be a bad take. He was like, what, <laughs> fantasy QB3? Process, 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 Sal. You were in the right process. You were in the right process. Right. Um, so what else would you say is important? Maybe something that you see 
fantasy people who are trying to break in something you see with younger writers or writers who don't have a lot of content out yet what what do you see if, if that you think should be corrected something other than what you've already said maybe right. they are grinding maybe they are putting out content what's something that you see is maybe the missing secret sauce that they might need i'd say try out different avenues of producing content like when i first broke in uh, we were mainly fantasy football written content um a website after website after website so if i wanted to break in the industry back then it was mainly just as a fantasy football writer and getting that work published on a, a notable or established website but nowadays you can write an article you can start a twitter thread you can post a live youtube stream you can go on twitch you can podcast you can send out a newsletter. Even since our last podcast, you can now go on Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces. All these different platforms just keep popping up. So I think uh, at the moment right now, if you're trying to build yourself up, trying to get your name out there, I don't think the platform matters as much as it did before. What matters is the content. You can go on WordPress and start a free WordPress, WordPress blog. Who cares if like the domain is like, dot home dot blogspot dot com uh, we used to care so much about like really short urls like espn.com it just doesn't matter anymore as long as you're putting out the content in some form and some shape that's what matters the most and we're lucky to live in an age nowadays where it's very easy to publish whatever you want on whatever platform Pump and then the content okay go ahead, go ahead finish. then i think um networking is really important um, you know, in the past, pre-COVID days, we'd have fancy sports conferences that you go to meet people in person. So that's kind of been replaced with um, just chatting up people on Twitter, going to listen to their clubhouse chats. But you want to be networking in a respectful manner, like engaging in Twitter conversations is a great way to get your name out there that people remember if you're offering respectful quality takes like don't see someone tweet something like well Jalen Hurts is going to be a top five quarterback in 2021 don't try to jump in that conversation like you're a stupid idiot that's never going to happen here's my article listing all the reasons why like don't do that in your own article can I can I can I insert here I'd like to say you are 100% 1000% spot on don't be a d-bag when you're disagreeing with somebody and I would argue before you hit send, ask yourself, am I doing this to be contrarian or am I doing this to get attention or do I truly understand what this person is saying? Because I think that's, I think that's actually, that should be number one. Do I really understand what this person is saying? Because a lot of times you can say, I think Aaron Jones is good at football. And somebody will come in and inevitably say, ha, you think Aaron Jones is going to be an RB1? That's laughable. Here's my article. Right. And it's like, no, that's not that, that that's not at all what, what anybody said anywhere. That's not what we said. So don't do that. That's what I wanted to say. But continue. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. 100% I agree with you. There's so many people I've seen <laughs> do that on Twitter so many times. And if they've ever done it to me, I'll just mute them right away because I don't want to deal with that. There's no problem at all, like pimping out your work on Twitter. That's what 90% of Twitter is. 
but like the, the the right way of doing it is is like okay aaron jones is going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback that's the tweet you see you go into that tweet and you reply to it i don't really see your point of view i'd like to respectfully disagree with you here's an article i wrote why i believe in the opposite of what you just said uh, that's not going to be the exact tweet because people are going to talk a lot different than i just did <laughs> trying to trying to pretend yeah, what a tweet sounds like yeah, in real life. yeah 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 but just basically what you said, don't be an asshole about it. Don't be right. rude. Don't right. be menacing. Don't feel like you are smarter than everybody else. And that's a big problem, I think, too, in some Twitter discourse is like they want to have a conversation with people, but they also don't like losing. And I I honestly have no care whatsoever if I lose a Twitter conversation. I would prefer to have my mind changed. And I want to go out and read an article that makes me think about my point of view differently because I want to learn. I want to improve. So basically don't be an asshole on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) I can, I can deal with uh, linking your article, for example, if you're respectful, like I can deal with it more, but you know, coming in and saying, all you say is like, discuss it here. And then you drop your link, (laughs) it's your video or it's your, it's your article or, you know, it's your own tweet. Like that shit's just annoying. Nobody asked for it. You're just inserting it, especially is common when, for example, a tweet is extremely po- like popular. Like if it's getting a lot of interactions, I've seen people jump in and do that where they'll just drop in their link and like, is it going to get you clicks? Yeah, probably. Is it going to get you exposure? Yeah, probably. But it's just like a snaky way to do it. And I just, I personally it get get turned off by that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like I try not to do that myself. I very rarely insert my own link into other people's stuff. And I I, I, I just don't like it personally. I, maybe Sal, Sal's from Canada. He's a lot nicer than I am. I also like reading a lot too. So if someone sends me a, an article unsolicited, I welcome that because I need more stuff to read unsolicited direct link to an article <laughs> anyway let's uh there's just so much stuff people do wrong on Twitter oh, yeah. in this industry that you, we could have like a whole podcast just on that we really could but i, I don't want to veer too far off topic so i'll go i have one last thing to say about yeah, content yeah. creation and trying to make it in the industry is this is probably the biggest piece of advice i can give to people listening is to learn as many skills as you can so, like, honestly, even if you're only good at one thing, you better be really fucking amazing at it, like John Paulson is at Fantasy Projections, because if you're not, there are thousands of other people out there with the exact same skill set as you, and, I mean, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but they are probably better at it than you are, too. I broke in as a writer. That was my only skill at the time. And I was fine with it because all I wanted to do was write fantasy football content. But there were, are so many people in this space who are better writers than me, who are better at analyzing the game of football at me and then presenting that information to their readers in easily digestible formats and manners. So rather than like brood and be jealous of everyone achieving much greater success than I was at the time, which I mean, I did. I did do that for a while, (laughs) but I got over that eventually and instead i pivoted to trying to learn other skills that could help me um, establish myself in this industry maybe in a different manner so i started learning how to build websites i started learning how wordpress plugins work i started podcasting 
I started newsletters, managing newsletters, editing newsletters, started learning about search engine optimization, um, how did social media and fantasy intertwine, how to take advantage of like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, publishing ebooks, writing ebooks, editing other people's work. Um, that all allowed me to pivot from being solely a writer to becoming a multi-hyphenate writer, podcast, website builder, editor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So then when like fantasy football websites were looking to bring in new people to their company, uh, you can show them you have a resume with a multitude of skills rather than just one. And that would give you a better chance to kind of leapfrog to the top of the resume pile rather than be discarded with the rest. And we're seeing more and more in the industry, companies and websites out there hiring for positions that aren't just fantasy football writer. They're looking for search engine optimization experts. They're looking for social media mavens. They're looking for uh, customer service representatives, etc. So if you're willing to make it in the industry as more than just a writer, being able to show companies what you can do and the different skills you have can go a long way in being hired by this company. And I've seen many examples where people would come in uh, with a background as a fantasy football writer, going to work for a company in like say customer service or editing, but then also showing their value to that company we're like okay we're very happy with what you can do but we also wouldn't mind you writing articles for us too wow so multi-talented sal from twitter the multi-talented canadian that's what you're looking for right a lot of different skills you can do a lot of different things and open because it just opens more doors for you that's really what i'm saying you want to be able to open as many doors windows crevices and cracks as you can to get into the industry at this point in 2021 because it's just so saturated Oh, it's insanely sad. The amount of people providing content just seems to like grow by leaps and bounds every single day. Like it reminds me of, um, we need like content aggregators at this point, which is basically what fantasy pros is, right? Like that we need a fantasy pros of a fantasy pros though. Like, well, here's what made it to fantasy pros. Here's what we included. We excluded this stuff because there's so much shit out there. Um, but anyway, that's all great information, man. That's really good, good stuff, good advice, um, really unique, and I love your story. We'll get you out of here, but you got to give me two more things, okay? I asked you this last time. I don't know if you remember your your response, but I'm going to ask you again. Can you tell me your biggest accomplishment in this life? Well, last time it was being asked to be on your podcast, and we saw <laughs> how that turned out. <laughs> so what is your... <laughs> Biggest accomplishment now, uh, post-apocalyptic podcast episode that's lost. I'm going to say being on this podcast again and <laughs> not being lost. Okay, that's fine. No, but like, the reason I say that is you asked me on this podcast, which means you valued my opinion. You wanted to spend time with me. You wanted to get to know me as a person and try to find out what I think about certain topics and subjects, which to me means that I still am relevant in this industry. And yes, that is a huge accomplishment. Well, that's nice of you to say, cause it's true. I, I totally 100% wouldn't, wouldn't have asked you again if I didn't want your, your opinions on here. So touche. Like imagine touche you, said, to you um, my friend, Sal, I lost this podcast and everyone talked to you again. <laughs> Sal, I lost the podcast, but you know what? It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing of value said. 
<laughs> okay, what about this? Um, a goal you want to accomplish this year? Or these are always fun when I ask guests this. A time that you said something or did something that was like super embarrassing, like immediately. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Right. So well, let's, let's go with the embarrassing story because we should all be able to make fun of ourselves in our lifetimes. Agreed. So I, I mentioned this story last time. So you've heard it before. So just pretend that you haven't. Uh, it's so been lost. It's lost in the ethos. <laughs> so there was this uh, one time, I can't remember the exact context behind it, but Matthew Barry was having some sort of Twitter conversation with a troll. That was years ago. And the person was trying to use Roto World, which is now MB- so much has changed as, since our last podcast, which is now NBC Sports Edge, another different thing. But uh, they were trying to use like something they'd read on Roto World as a way to disprove what Matthew Barry was saying. And then Matthew Barry like nonchalantly like quote tweeted him saying uh, like Roto World, what's that? Uh, <laughs> as someone who the only paintbrush I know how to paint with is sarcasm, I should have immediately known that it was sarcasm, but it went completely over my head because at the time I was like a 100% Roto World Stan Evan Silva fan, by which I still am, sure. but I was just new to the industry at the time. And if I had stopped and thought about it for at least like two seconds, <laughs> I could have realized that the leading voice in the fantasy football industry most likely knows what Roto World is, even if maybe he doesn't know it by name, because Roto World is the largest fantasy football search engine. So Matthew Bear, of course, would use Google and type in, say, um, <laughs> Zach Stacy, and the first thing that would pop up would be Zach Stacy's Roto World page. So he would know it even by from passing. But what I didn't know at the time was that. Roto World was a place Matthew Barry got his start at in the industry, and he was being right. one million percent sarcastic to this troll tweeter, and I just didn't realize it. I was just too big of an idiot. I had my fanboy glasses on, and they were fogged up for <laughs> Roto World, and, and I had like tweeted at him saying, "You don't know what Roto World is," and. Once I realized what was going what was going on and how dumb my tweet was, I could not have deleted that tweet fast enough. And I can't imagine he saw it because he never mentioned anything about it. And if he did see it, he was probably just too nice about it or just was dealing with way too many trolls to care. Oh, man. What a story. That is a story. <laughs> that is a story that I I haven't had a big sort of guffaw like that on Twitter specifically in real life I have, which might be worse. Um, but I did have an issue uh, once when I tweeted about Derek Carr and how he would have no idea what it means to play with Devonte Adams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a second and I'm going to see if you catch on with the problem, what the problem is. Do you know what the problem oh, is? I remember when this happened to yes. you on Twitter. Yes. I, <laughs> Like an idiot, discounted the fact or didn't even consider the fact that they, hey, they went to Fresno State together. Um, and then the next day, you know what happened, Sal? What happened? A pretty bad situation from a certain employees at fantasypros.com. So it sort of got lost in the lost in the shuffle. Um, and we'll stop oh, there. So <laughs> we'll stop there and we won't talk about it. <laughs> Sal, thank you so much for coming on and recording this again, re-recording this. Hopefully you you had some fun. I tried to throw some spice in there. He is at SalPal2 on Twitter. Anywhere else I can find you? Yes, I'm the invisible hand behind at 4 for 4 football Amazing. Awesome. 
Thanks again for coming on, Sal. We will get this recorded. We will get it saved. We will put it in our backup drive. I'll put it on my Google Drive. I'll save it in my cloud. I'll put it on my USB stick. I'll save it on my TV, and we will get it posted. Don't forget to write it on on your doctor's prescription note. Correct. That's right. I'll do that too. Thanks again, man. Yep. No worries. Thanks for having me on.